Preaching a Sunday night sermon is a lot different than preaching a Sunday morning sermon because you're tired from the Sunday morning sermon. You preach tired of the Sunday night sermon. But there's something different about preaching a sermon about preaching and pastors. There's something different about having to preach a message in regards to an ordination of a guy into pastoral ministry. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5 is an excellent charge towards a man who is going into ministry or who is in ministry. This is a charge that Paul gives Timothy. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5, it says this, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure Suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Now those five verses, if we just look at it face value, it doesn't seem like much. But there is a lot, and there's a lot of expository preachers in this room. Y'all know there is a lot in these five verses, but for the sake of time... I'm not going to go too deep into it. But what I do want to give you is that there is a charge. There is a charge. And so Leto, through this message, through what we're doing tonight, there's a people here, there's a church here, there are friends here, there's family here, who, as in their coming, are in support of this. So before we open up in prayer, I want to go ahead and give you the first warning of pastoral ministry. People are watching you. They will watch you. They will watch your life. They will, they will watch the way you love your wife, the way you love your kids. And it's hard. You're living in a glass house, and you've already witnessed it working as a youth pastor. But when we are setting somebody apart, actually ordaining somebody into the ministry, there's something a little more serious happening. Spiritual warfare picks up. But ultimately, ultimately God's watching us. Let's open up with prayer, and then I want to give you just a few words. Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful for who you are. We're thankful for your word, and I pray that as we go into this time, that you would add a blessing upon it. Use us. Use use this as you see fit. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. I wish somebody would have told me how difficult ministry was when I was a kid. 
When I was six years old, I felt the calling to be a pastor in my life. Six years old. Weirdest thing I know. Six-year-olds want to be Power Rangers when they grow up. I wanted to be a pastor and a preacher. I would, I would record myself on cassettes. I've told you all this. I would record myself on cassettes preaching. Now, I, I hope those things are destroyed because it's probably the most heretical things you've ever heard. Because I was just coming, I was just stepping into a wana and I was just learning this stuff and I was like, I'm gonna be a preacher. I remember one night I walked into the living room and, and my dad was only doing what, what any other parent would do when their child said they wanted to be a pastor or a preacher. I said, Dad, I want to be a pastor when I, when I grow up. He's like, Are you sure? Yes, sir. He's like, Well, you know, pastors don't make a lot of money, right? Okay, well, then I guess I'll be a doctor when I when I grow up. Well, you know, to be a doctor, you got to go to 10 to 12 years of school, college to be a doctor. Man, well, I don't want to do that, even though I'm doing that now. Well, then I guess I'll be a veterinarian. Well, son, you know, if you're a veterinarian, people bring their dogs to come and be put down, sadly. Well, I'll just take them home with me. No, sometimes they want to be there and, and see it. And it's the best thing for the dogs at that time for most of them. Okay, well, then I don't want to do that. Well, then I guess I'll be a preacher. <laughs> but I wish, I wish somebody would have told me how hard being a pastor and a preacher is. And it wasn't until I got into ministry that I recognized just how difficult it can be. There's a pressure. There's an overwhelmingness that comes on a pastor and a preacher. There's an overwhelmingness of the people. And I'm not saying that y'all are over, overbearing. But the pastor carries a burden of care to where when his people hurts, the pastor hurts. When there's suffering and confusion and, I mean, just even what's going on today in the world, there's a burden. And it's not meant to be carried alone. Christ carries it for us. But through this text, through what Paul is giving Timothy, there's a reason why Paul's giving this to Timothy. And the reason is in verse 6. Paul says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Paul is passing the baton to Timothy because Paul is recognizing that the end of his life is coming. We are called, like Paul, to train up other men for the ministry. And I hope that is what our mission at Red Cross, one of our missions, has been, is to train up young men to go into pastoral and preaching ministry. But let's look at this charge that Paul has for Timothy. Verse 1, Paul says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom. This charge that Paul is giving Timothy is first a charge under the judgment of Christ. 
There's a reason why, why, why Paul is bringing Christ into this conversation, especially Christ as judge. When it comes to being called into the ministry, when, 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 when we are set apart, James 3 even tells us that we, preachers, teachers, pastors, are judged differently. We are held to a higher calling. We are going to be judged by how we lead in our ministries. We are going to be judged by how we preach the word faithfully. We are going to be judged by how we are faithful as pastors, as preachers, as teachers even. And so this charge that Paul is giving Timothy, it's a heavy charge. Because yes, people are watching us. Your church is watching you. Your family, your wife is watching you. But ultimately, Christ is watching us. We will be held to a higher standard by how we do ministry. Now, we're not saved by how we do ministry. Understand what I'm saying. But we see in verse 2, his charge is ultimately preach the word. Preach the word. Preach faithfully. Stick to this book that we've been given. Preach the revealed word of God that has been given to us. We live in a day where this book is being so neglected. We live in a day where there are churches that are not, that, 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 that they might even give a verse, but will not give the word. That they only give stories, examples, illustrations, but there's no depth. They're a mile wide and an inch deep. But if we are called to preach the word, we are called to preach the word. To be faithful to it. Now how is it that we are to be faithful to this word? Let a, a pastor... Somebody who is set apart for the preaching of God's word. A pastor is called to be a man of the word. Spurgeon described, I believe it was John Bunyan, as one who bled Biblon. Am I correct in saying it was John Bunyan? He bled Biblon, as in he was nothing but the Bible. And let a, I can tell you, as somebody who has hung around you, Spent more time than I really need to around you. We nearly shared a bunk on a mission trip with AFO one time. We were head to head, man. Top of my head was the top of your head. That was weird. I've spent time with you. And I would even say that you bleed Bibline. Buddy, you know God's word. Now, I'm not saying this to give you a big head. We're not to boast you. But we are called to remain in God's word. And it's not just for information. It's not just for knowledge. It's not just so we can have all the answers because you're never going to have all the answers. But it's for transformation. It's so that we may be able to give the word. It's so that we may be able to share the word, preach the word, live the word. 
So we are to be faithful in preaching the word. So preach the word faithfully. What else does it say? It says, be ready in season and out of season. Be ready at all times. We were in Haiti. Jesse Watkins, a good friend of mine, took me to Haiti um, three, four years ago and did a preaching conference with a group of pastors out of Haiti. We went and visited the church in Canaan where a lot of you are partnering by giving money to help the children at the school that is in, in Canaan. And um, we went and visited to, at a worship service. Now, Canaan is a new city in Haiti. It was brought about by the destruction of the earthquake. Well, in Haiti, there's nothing in, in Canaan. There's nothing to do for Christians except to have worship services. They had worship services every day, multiple hours a day. So when we, when we went and visited the school in this church, we ended up walking upon the worship service. Well, they, the pastor came up to me and Jesse Watkins, and he's like, through the interpreter, told us that he wants one of us to preach. I'm like, it is Monday. I just now started looking at my text for this Sunday's message. I don't, I don't have a word. But thankfully, God provided we are called to be ready at all times to preach. And that's just not talking about being ready at all times to open up your Bible and give a sermon. In season and out of season is also talking about preaching when you don't feel like it. Preaching when you don't even, when you feel discouraged. Preaching when you don't even know if you can stand behind the pulpit. Preaching in times where, where you're just wondering, what is it that I need to give the people? Preaching in season and out of season. And you can ask any pastor in this room. There are days. There are days when it is difficult to stand behind this pulpit. There are days that are difficult to, to actually bring God's word to your people. It can be discouraging. It can be hard. You could have had a busy week. It could be a discouraging season. You might be dealing with criticism. You might be dealing with sin. We are called to be ready in season and out of season. And what are we called to do? We are called to reprove, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. We are called to reprove. We are called to tell a person when they are going the wrong way and correct them. We are called to rebuke a person to tell them to stop doing something that they shouldn't be doing. And we are called to exhort a person because there's nothing better you can do than to bring encouragement to a believer that is battling sin on a daily basis. Pastors, preachers are called to preach the word faithfully. Faithfully. At all times. And I love this. Paul says, do it with complete patience and teaching. Leto, you've dealt with this in youth ministry. I'm sure you have because I did 10 years of youth ministry. I know how teenagers are. There are sometimes you really want to take your Bible and beat them across the head with it. I know. There's church members. There's sometimes you want to take your Bible. This is why we have big Bibles now. Because we want to take it and beat it across some people's heads. Because it's like you're not getting it. I've, I've given you the word. You keep falling into that same sin. I'm giving you scripture. You keep doing this. Why are you acting like this? There can be times when it's frustrating. But the pastor is to preach 
with complete patience. What does that mean? Let the word do the work. You can't do it. You can't change a teenager's heart. You cannot stop somebody from from the sin that they are dealing with. You can't. It's not you. Let the word do the work as the spirit works through it. Be faithful in preaching. Why? Why? Paul gives a reason for this charge. Verse 3, he says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. This is not where Paul is prophesying, where there's a time in the future where this is going to happen. Paul's telling Timothy, there's going to be a time where you're going to deal with people who will not endure what you're preaching. There's going to be a time when you're going to be preaching to a people who are not going to like what you have to say. When you are faithful to God's word, when you are preaching the entire counsel of God's word from cover to cover, you are going to preach the hard stuff. And there's hard stuff in this book. There are times when I've had to prepare a sermon and I'm like, how are the people going to relate to this? How are they going to respond? I need to go ahead and have my letter of resignation ready after this message. The time is coming. We are not to allow the culture to dictate what we preach and how we preach. We don't let the world tell us what is good and beneficial. We don't let the world tell us with a black marker what it is we should preach and shouldn't preach. We preach faithfully, not bowing to the culture, but faithful to the word that God's given us. And I'm telling you, Leto, there's a, we, we, are, we are in a season and you know it. People don't want to hear what this word says. People don't want to hear what God has to say. People don't want to, they don't want to hear how God's telling them to live their lives. They want to be gods of their own souls. They want to be the captain of their own ship. They want to live how they want to live. But let us, we are called to be faithful to the preaching. We are called to have sound teaching. We are called to preach the hard stuff. These people, verse 4, they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. I've gave the illustration before. Spurgeon one time had a woman approach him at the end of a, of a sermon. And she came up to him and she said, Sir, she said, I really do like your preaching, but man, you really do preach the gospel a lot. She's like, do you think you preach it too much? And he said, well, let me ask you this. He said, um, he said, did you forget this week what the gospel was? And she said, well, absolutely. I mean, there was times where I didn't obey the gospel, times I didn't do the gospel. And Spurgeon looks to her and he says, well, that's exactly why we preach it every week. Now, I t- took some liberty in explaining that illustration. It's not fully how it went down, but we are called to preach the gospel weekly, daily even. So that people will not wander off into myths, that they will listen to the truth of God that we have. And why is that? Because it's only through this word, it's only through this truth that God has for us that people can be saved. So Paul has given this charge. 
He's given the reason for this charge. And he gives a, he adds to that charge in verse 5. He says, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. I want to take that verse, print it on a piece of paper, and tape it everywhere that I can see it. And I'll tell you why. I was reading one of the commentaries as I was consulting this, this passage earlier. And in, I believe it was Kent Hughes' commentary, he shares an illustration from Alistair Begg. Now, we love Alistair Begg. I wish I could have his accent because we'd probably have more people coming if I had his accent. But Alistair Begg is a faithful preacher. He's always been faithful. And he was one time told, he one time said from 2 Timothy 4, 5, that there are many days where he will wake up in the morning. Whether it's a, a good day, he's happy to be up, he's happy to go, he's happy for things, or he might be discouraged. And what he says is he will wake up and he will recite this verse basically. He will say, I will wake up and I will say to myself that I'm going to be clear headed. That I'm going to do the hard work of ministry. That I'm going to endure suffering. And I'm going to fulfill my calling and do what God's called me to do today. Later, there are going to be days. There are going to be days in ministry. Days where you're questioning your calling. Days where you are wondering if God made the right choice to call you as a minister of the gospel. There are going to be days where you are wondering if you're still fit for it. These are days where we need to just wake up, be encouraged by the gospel, and say to ourselves that, I'm going to be clear-headed. I'm going to endure suffering for for the sake of Christ and through the strength that Christ gives me. And I'm going to do the work of an evangelist and share the gospel in any way that I can. And I'm going to fulfill my ministry by doing what I'm called to today. My son, who's six, I hope this happens. I do. My wife doesn't. But my son, who was six, told me one time, he said, Daddy, he said, when I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be like you and preach. But my response has always been that if you can do anything else, do that. But if you can't do anything else, and this is the greatest desire that God's given you on your heart, then do this. Ministry is not for the faint-hearted. Let me, ref- let me take that back. Ministry is for the faint-hearted. Ministry is for the weak. Ministry is for those who suffer. Ministry is for those who don't know what they're doing. You want to know why? Because it's not on our strength. It's not on our skill. It's not on our wisdom in which we do what we're called to do. 
It's on God's strength. It's on God's wisdom. It's on God's enabling ability for us. Because we rest in his calling. So let her be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, preach the word. There's no greater calling on a man than to be a preacher and a pastor of the word of God. No greater calling. So let her, if you're able to, and if Allie's able to, um, I'm going to ask if you two will come up after I close in prayer. We'll close the sermon in prayer. We're going to have you sit. We're going to have Allie stand next to you. Because um, here's the thing, Allie. I know you and my wife have talked. My wife claims that she surrendered to ministry. My wife, when we first met, told her mom that she never wanted to date somebody so tall and never wanted to date somebody going into ministry. She ended up marrying me. But my wife claims that she surrendered to ministry. It wasn't the calling that she ever felt, but she knows, she knows that being married to me means that God's called her to it. Allie, his calling in ministry is your calling as well. Maybe not to be a women's Bible study teacher, you know. Maybe not to lead a children's ministry. But your calling in ministry is to let out, to pray for him daily, to support him daily. To encourage him daily. If or when Leto becomes a head pastor one day. You are to be the model church member to him. To him. The calling of a pastor's wife is not one of where they are to lead in many different areas. Calling of a pastor's wife is one to her husband. And so when we ask y'all to come up, this is a calling for you. We're not ordaining you. We don't do that here. But you guys are one. And so we're going to pray over over Leto, and you're going to stand here with him. Okay? Let's pray. Father God, you are good and faithful. and God, we know that it is through your goodness, grace, and mercy that you have enabled men to the pastoral ministry calling. We are thankful for faithful men, God, who will bring the word, who will preach it faithfully, who will live a life of example, who will pursue you ultimately. So God, we pray We pray, Lord, that this is the calling that you've given Leto. We've recognized it. And so, God, we pray that you would help him. 
Help him to continue pursuing you faithfully. Help him to have a desire to preach faithfully. Help him to look to you in all matters. God, we lift up Allie to you. She is going to be at his side, encouraging him, supporting him, praying for him. We pray that you would bless his family as we are about to go into a time of prayer for them. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.